Development Psychology Podcast. I am Charlotte Skogsberg, your host for this podcast. I am enchanted to meet and to take you with me on this journey into the human psyche viewed from the holistic approach of yoga and Ayurveda and viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature maybe. Enjoy. So today... I want to speak to you about why I was asked to leave the Vipassana silent retreat. And actually, as I decided to sit down and write out the text first, I felt very much my resistance to to make this happen. And I think that the resistance comes from the same reason that I needed to stop resisting in the first place because I tend to push and I tend to want to achieve. I believe that I'm not alone in that tendency. I kept putting off sitting down to write this because I was avoiding the feeling of shame really in putting into words what I experienced. It stayed with me the idea of failing or of not being capable of sticking to the course for the full time. Something that I'm not that used to, I actually have to admit. But here is the story and the learnings that I take away from it. Because I believe that it can absolutely transpose into your reality as well and help you because my story is more about what we are prepared to do to ourselves in order to keep our ego satisfied in order to keep our identifications intact even if it means to actually go against anything that I would advise someone else in my condition. So I had decided to go on a 10-day silent retreat, that which we call Vipassana. Vipassana meaning insight in Pali, insight meditation. And I arrived at the Damagea Vipassana Retreat Center. And I was straight away faced with the stripping of my attachment. Leave your phone, your passport, my laptop, of course. And because I had no watch, the ability to control my time as well by checking it constantly. And the small cell, really, that was my room, was not big enough to welcome a yoga mat had I brought one, which I didn't, since you are not allowed, actually, you're supposed to, do anything but sitting in meditation during the 10 days. Now, you arrived the day before, and I chatted a little to my fellow meditators 
who quite a few of them seemed really worried about the idea of the silence that would start at 8 p.m. that same evening. That I had no issue with. I welcomed it actually more than anything. The 4 a.m. wake-up call was no issue for me either, let's face it. I was, of course, awake already and prepared with my warm water and lemon to have first in the morning before the first sitting, which is what we would call the meditation. Now, it was during the first two hours of sitting that first day that I started to notice tensions in the neck and the head. I didn't really pay that much attention to it, since I also know that this, of course, happens regularly. When we begin to push a little bit our boundaries of what we're used to, so sitting for more than an hour, for instance, naturally we will begin to notice things. There will be signs, let's say, from the body of things that it's not used to. Now, being long-term yogi, yoga practitioner, let's say, yoga teacher, actually, when it comes to sitting still for a long time, it is not that much of an issue. So I know that people will have issues with their knees or their hips or their back, things like that. And thanks to my very regular yoga practice for the past, um, I don't know, 15, 20 years, started in the early 2000s with yoga, but really practicing regularly daily, probably less than that, let's say um, 10 years or so since I became a yoga teacher. So that in itself, I didn't have an issue with, and I could see that, of course, other people around me would, putting... um, blankets and pillows and things like that under their knees and finding it really hard to just sit still, finding all kinds of way of trying to make themselves feel more comfortable. And that still was not a problem. But I did notice this tension that came up in my neck and my head more specifically. After the first session, you then get breakfast. And it wasn't until the second session that I started to feel unwell, actually. And when the instruction comes in the second sitting that you are allowed to actually go and continue in your room, I took that advice because I actually needed to lay down instead. I noticed that it was the sitting that made this tension that actually turned into a proper headache then, by then worse. Now, I'll spare you the details But it was about that time, after I'd gone down into my room and laid down for a moment instead, that just it escalated into a full-blown, apparently bad case, because I'm not used to it, but of migraine with constant vomiting and so on and so forth. And I knew then, of course, that, okay, this is not just a regular symptom of my mind struggling with the situation, because I did of course, notice my mind's struggle with this idea of being constricted to, well, this prison, let's say, right? Self-chosen one. 
And so at a certain point, you're not sure if what you're experiencing in terms of symptoms is just your mind playing that trick on you or is something that you actually need to tend to. And this is where I believe my problem laid. Because the truth of the matter is that it's probably both at the same time. I do believe that me personally, what I experienced as a real physical illness that came on was because of who I am and that someone else will experience something else. Now in that first day, due to what happened there, I missed out on the Dhamma talk, the class or the satsang in the evening. There was actually two of them. It's quite intense. You're sitting 10 hours per day. And in the morning, after the first sitting, so this is the next day, the assistant to the teacher told me that the teacher wished to see me. And I felt that I had done something wrong, like being sent to the principal's office in school. And already at this point, I could have potentially noted that my perception of the situation was biased. When I say biased, what I mean is, this is where I'm coming from. This is how I interpret what is going on. It is not the objective truth, but my interpretation, which means that already I'm coloring my experience with my decorations, with my attachments, with everything that I identify with. But at this point, this was not yet clear to me. And as I spoke to the teacher, she suggested that maybe the course was too intense for me. And this was the second time that my internal, of course, reaction could have been a signal to myself, being very honest with you here, because internally, I reacted with it. What? How so? Nothing has ever been too intense for me. Of course, I didn't say that to her. But note that this is all in my narrative. Right? Of course, I didn't share it because it's actually not true. Of course, I have experienced situations in my life that were too intense for me in the past. But this was my reaction because this is all that stuff that comes up. Now, I assured her that it wasn't too intense and we therefore arranged for a moment in the day that I would catch up on the missing class while the others were doing their homework, air quote, Uh, that hour of meditation that they could go and sit in their rooms. All right, so here's another thing that I noticed about myself here in that moment, which is once again another sign to me. I was therefore given a device to listen to, like an mp3 player, if you will. Actually, it's a, it's a phone that's uh, obviously not connected to any kind of network. Where the class, you can listen to it, because actually all the classes are recordings from the teacher, recordings from there for quite some time ago. And they have 
them translated into several languages. The teacher said, <laughs> I'm not kidding you now, it was also a message to my ego that I didn't register. She said, well, Charlotte, you're so skilled. You're speaking so many languages. Which language would you prefer to have the class in? And I looked at her, astonished, and said, of course, English is perfectly fine. Thank you very much. But then when it was me and the assistant who sat down to take the class and she asked me again, I actually said, well, why not take it in Swedish for the fun of it, my native language after all. And as I sat down listening to this beautiful talk, this introductory talk to this very intense mental work that you're doing in Vipassana, I listened to it in my native language and I had tears running down my cheeks. And I believe that that emotional experience was enhanced by the fact that I was listening to it in my native language. So I had to, in that moment, finally look at myself. Is having the translation to my native language uh, a need of special treatment somehow in my mind that I need to say, I do not need a special treatment, thank you. I am perfectly fine doing exactly like anyone else. And even if I have no issue understanding another language, why not accept this offer when it is given to you? As the day continued and my pain persisted, adding, of course, to the pain of you know, level of the head and neck and, and abdomen, that even created hiccups due to, of course, that the, the, the vagus nerve was obviously very agitated. So my whole body added, was agitated and even just drinking a little bit of water created hiccups, but then created more vomiting and so on and so forth. Um, there was, of course, nothing in my stomach since already two days and probably dehydration too, even if I try to have a little bit of water here and there. So the pain persisted and the words of the teacher echoed in my head of maybe it's just too intense for you. You know, when we are ill, it is indeed the body's way of telling us that we are not listening, right? So it's saying, okay, you've not been listening, I'm going to make you listen. But I also want to say that it is, very often is a wonderful opportunity for a complete reset of the system. I don't know if you've noticed this, especially when it puts you in a place where you are not capable of doing anything else, but for instance, lay in bed. And that humbles us. And as my defense is therefore lowered, the guard <laughs> lowered, right? I started to recognize that maybe indeed it was too intense for me at this moment. Doesn't mean anything about me. Doesn't mean that it's too intense for me forever. 
but at this moment, maybe actually that is true. So I asked to see her again. And in our parting chat, she asked me what I had learned being there. And no matter your situation, because don't get me wrong, I know that for actually most people, that idea of going away, stripping yourself of all the things that we have become accustomed to having every day, but beyond that, to sit 10 hours a day for 10 days is too much. For many, the idea of sitting 10 minutes a day seems like a mountain to climb. So it's not even about the capacity to do this, but instead, the lesson for me that I want to share with you, because I believe that all of these things that I've described so far here is we are constantly confronted with situations that are signals to ourselves where we react and we react according to our habits, our tendencies, what we used to, what we believe, our illusion about who we are. And we have the opportunity in every one of these moments to see that that is what we're doing, but most of the time we don't, of course. Hence this talk. Because it can, of course, apply to a lot of different situations far beyond the idea of going on a silent retreat. So the lesson here is twofold for me. Firstly, when we are stripped of our decorations that hold us up, even when we are not living in integrity, what I mean by that are compensatory strategies, if you will, when we're stripped of our compensatory strategies, check out that episode if you're not sure what I mean by that. Well, we are faced with our demons. And they come to us in layers. The longer we stay in the situation, the deeper we can sink into the different layers. And you might not experience it as deepening, but instead as arguments that go on in your head, going back and forth about who you are and what you decide to make out of what is happening to you. So, for instance, when memories pop up, they do so because there is something in the current situation that triggers them. Something that we can call a recognition or a pattern. Ooh, I have been here before. All of a sudden, there's this ping-pong situation going on with what is going on right now? A memory pops up. What is going on right now? Another memory pops up. Why am I thinking of that? Oh, I can relate it to this and that and the other. So it feels like there's like argument that goes on. And you go, yes, but this, yes, but that. And then another thing pops up. And really what I want to call it is that you're deepening into the layers of your past impressions. And all of a sudden you see your tendencies. It happened to me long-term <laughs> memory that isn't necessarily something that I 
pushed away, suppressed. But they just haven't thought about in a very, very long time. Of, from childhood, of being left at um, scout camp, summer camp, if you will. And feeling miserable and getting really sick to my stomach. Because I was homesick. Anyway, all of a sudden you begin to connect the dots of your behaviors and you begin to clear the space in seeing your own tendencies. What is real and what is not real here? And then secondly, well, that is that tendency. And this is where I come back to the signals, if you will, that were there in the different situations that were actually signals that I was just going into my tendency again. Oh, what is my tendency? Well, I am not someone who is prone for migraines, right? So there's some people who unfortunately have them regularly. Like one of my closest friends have them every month, at least one time, maybe even more. But I believe, like I was saying a little bit earlier, that this happened to me specifically, not by hazard, to someone else with a different tendency, there might have been something else happening. We hear of people, for instance, having nervous breakdowns in these places. That would maybe be of another tendency. For instance, let's say, Vata-specific person. I do have a lot of Vata, but I do believe that the one thing that's always been driving me is a little bit more pitta, a little bit more of the fire. And migraines are pitta aggravations, pitta disease in Ayurveda, in the aspect of Ayurveda. And so when I therefore see that tendency I have to just cling to my own tendency, then the principle of Ayurveda, let's come back to that, like attracts like and Opposites balance out. Fire, pitta, fire and water, fire very much so, is hot, mobile and sticky. It is also intense and sharp. Now, what do we need to balance that out? Well, we need cooling, grounding, drying. We need softening of the intensity and we need to make that sharpness more dull. It means that we need to wake up from our slumber and we need to be able to see what we are doing to ourselves and understand on a higher level that we're actually just perpetuating our tendency, a behavior. And that behavior clearly is not serving us, overachieving, pushing. All of that is part of intensity, of sharpness. Sitting, even though I'm physically ill, might not be what is needed in this moment. And interestingly enough, perpetuating these behaviors that are not serving us in the moment because we're really wanting to succeed something 
we do it because we're wanting to attain this thing, whatever it is, in this specific situation. It was just a question about being able to complete the course of the 10 days. Well, we need to do the opposite, even though it feels as if in the moment that means failure. Now, flip side to that is that when we finally come to that conclusion and we can begin to see clearly the lesson is served to us, Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods, of this microphone. And I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about. So please leave a comment. Send me a message directly if you wish. This is Charlotte. This is me. See you next time. Namaste.